Welcome to the Puzzle of Us, where we are helping you pick up the broken pieces of marriage, life, and love, and putting them back together to feel whole again. I'm your host, Chelsea Peterson, owner and clinical director at Cash Valley Counseling, and I've helped hundreds of people throughout my career here in the Cash Valley area, as well as all over the nation. I've lived in Connecticut and uh, done therapy in Idaho and Wyoming and uh, have settled here in Cache Valley and have helped lots of people throughout my career. And I want to bring that expertise. I want to have that voice and bring that voice to everybody. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have over a decade of experience. Um, almost nearing two decades of experience. So I recently did have a session with somebody that has been depressed most of his life. And many of those feelings of depression started in his childhood from feeling like he just really wasn't good enough for his dad. Um, and he battled with those feelings of not being good enough or never always disappointing his dad. Those are, are small things things that he got in his childhood from his father specifically. Um, and those feelings and thoughts about himself developed at such a young age that they have been feelings that he has battled throughout his entire life. And this is a man who has a lot of uh, depression now and has struggled with depression probably for years, but it wasn't until recently that he really called it, gave it a name and called it what it is. And so today um, I want to talk to you about recognizing the warning signs of depression, because um, luckily for this client that I, I gave it an example of, he's doing much, much better now. Um, he was able to, he's not self-medicating with alcohol anymore. And he's has strong relationships with his family members now and is doing just so much better in life because he was able to give it a name and, and call it what it is. And so I hope today by giving you these little, helping you to recognize some warning signs of depression, if this is something that you are struggling with, that you are able to recognize it within yourself and that you're able to uh, proceed and get some help um, or, or even just start to recognize that you might need some help. Um, it is really important to understand and identify what's going on for you, especially early on, because um, again, going back to client example, he had many years of self-medicating with alcohol that has made his journey and his life's journey a lot more difficult than it needed to be if he would have been able to recognize earlier on that what was going on. And, and instead of running from the problem, instead of trying to hide from it and medicate and you know, hide from it, um, being able to tackle it and face it head on and give it a name, call it what it is, has really helped him be able to manage the symptoms of depression much, much easier. Again, every day is different. It's not always a, a walk in the park, but it definitely has become an easier thing than it was for him in the past. So again, I want to talk briefly and discuss some of that for you. This is again, not an extensive list. Depression is one of those things that we talk in generalities, um, but not everybody is going to fit this specific mold. And so, again, if some of these things are sounding familiar, please reach out, please get help, please start to recognize it in yourself, become aware of it and, and get the help that you need. Again, these, this is not an exhaustive list. 
So what is depression? How is that different than feeling sad? It is more than just a sad feeling. Like we all have feelings of sadness. We all have feelings of, you know, feeling disappointed or feeling like today's just kind of a down day, right? The weather's a little bit gloomy or I'd rather be doing something else or this isn't exactly how I want to spend my time. And so we all get feeling a little sad. Depression is more than just feeling sad. Um, I have a wonderful niece right now that everything is anxiety or depression. (laughs) And I just chuckle because it's part of her character. It's part of her, her drama of, you know, everything is the worst ever and everything's, I'm just so depressed today. Um, and again, some people use that, but it's more of a feeling of sad. I'm feeling sad today because something maybe didn't go my way or something, you know, difficult happened, or I am, you know, feeling a little bit blue. Um, I didn't get enough sleep. I haven't eaten enough, whatever. There's lots of feelings that are a combination that do feel like depressed or feel like depression. But a lot of times that is just feeling sad. Um, I'm having a rough day, those sort of things. But depression is more than that. It, It really is those feelings, sometimes unending. Um, many clients describe it as kind of a black hole, um, feeling of of darkness, a feeling of hopelessness. And so while sadness can create some of those similar things, it's often very difficult to find any hope, find any joy, find any reason, sometimes even for living. And again, if depression goes untreated, oftentimes it can result in, in suicide, unfortunately, because people start to feel that overwhelming sense of sadness, the overwhelmed sense of hopelessness. And um, depression is, is a very, it's a very real thing. So depression is relatively common. I, I think um, there's some research out there that says everybody in their lifetime will experience an episode of anxiety and an episode of depression at some point in their life. So it is a very common thing. Some people are a little bit more predisposed uh, to genetically, you know, uh, in in my family, in my line of uh, genetics, I have a number of uh, family members who struggled with clinical depression way back before it was even called clinical depression, but um, bouts of, you know, really not even being able to function, um, being able to, you know, not even get out of bed at some points. Um, and so those get, those genetics get passed down just like blonde hair and blue eyes. And sometimes people are more predisposed. Some people are not have, don't necessarily have the genetics, but given their life circumstances and the way that they were raised or nurtured through life, that creates sort of, it passes the threshold of tolerance and they start to develop things like depression or anxiety, um, things like that. So the prevalence is, is at some point in our lives, we are probably all going to go through a depressive episode. Um, there is a difference between chronic depression and lifelong depression and bouts of depression. Um, bouts of depression are that feeling of sadness, that overwhelming, you know, overwhelm, um, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of, you know, not wanting to go on, feelings of very low energy, um, lack of appetite. Those sort of things can can come. 
and they it's more they last more than just a day or a week. Um, it, it's not just a phase. It's it tends to be more of like a four to six weeks. Um, if we look at the the DSM, which is our diagnostic diagnostic manual, um, it really needs to be for a period of more than six weeks uh, that these symptoms have been occurring. Um, and then depression is classified in the, the different levels of depression, right? If you have chronic depression, these episodes come back throughout your life. If you have an episode of, you know, generalized depression um, or transitional depression, right? It might be um, beyond grief. It might be a transition of, you know, depression in transitioning to college. It could be transitioning from, um, you know, in our LDS culture, a lot of times people will experience this after coming home from a mission, um, feelings of hopelessness, uh, worry about not even worry, but, um, kind of aimlessness. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a sense of direction. Um, sometimes after getting married, sometimes after having kids, again, sometimes those things can, can be sort of a, sort of a transitional period in which depression you experience depression, postpartum depression, right? That's right after you have a baby, but there's all sorts of different kind of episodes of depression that people can experience throughout their lives. So really looking at the different episodes of depression, whether or not that we really want to look at um, length of time for this episode. So if you're looking at, you know, I've been feeling sad for a couple of weeks, it may be an indicator of, okay, I might want to try, um, maybe changing a few things, maybe diet, exercise, those sort of things. If it's still not helping or I'm unable to do those things and it continues to persist, that's that six weeks is kind of that, that magic thing. A lot of doctors won't put you on anything. If you choose to do antidepressants, they won't put you on anything if you've been sad for a couple of weeks. Um, it really needs to be, you know, more of an extended period of time because six weeks is really, you know, when habits form and, and we start to get into, um, you know, how we're, how we're responding to others. And so that's where six weeks is kind of the, that magic number. That's not always the case. Um, again, if this, if you have episodes of depression and you know that, and I know, okay, I'm having an episode and I've worked with my doctor and I have a relationship with them. And I know that I'm in a depressive episode now, and I only need to take meds when I'm in this depression state, then perhaps getting on meds two weeks into it might not be a bad thing. And a doctor might be more willing to do that. However, again, it needs to be sort of tracked, right? Um, if you do have episodes of depression and they're fa fairly regular, oftentimes we're then encroaching into um, like a bipolar disorder, which is periods of, you know, manic and then depression. Doesn't have to be that way. A lot of times it's just episodes, you know, we have three or four bouts of depression a year or one or two bouts. And it tends to be, you know, after post-holiday blues or things like that. If you then have it then, but then don't have it the rest of the year, that's not bipolar. Um, again, it doesn't association, the association between depression and bipolar is not that you, if you have episodes of depression, you have bipolar. However, it can, if it's predictable enough it can be symptoms of something more like bipolar. And I'm not going to go into a lot of bipolar today because I do want to focus on this depression piece because, um, I, again, 
the prevalence and impact of depression is pretty common. And um, I want to normalize that for people is that most of us in our lives are going to feel depressed at some point in our lives. And there are many things that you can do to help yourself out of the depressive episode. Many people will experience many, many episodes of depression, and that's normal as well. Um, Again, chronic different or chronic depression or clinical depression tends to be something that's reoccurring for a space of many years. Um, when you have clinical depression or chronic depression, it, it's those episodes of depression over many years. And then we also have these bouts about, you know, I have this episode of depression and then I'm feeling great for a year or two years. And then I have another bout of depression. Again, those are bouts of depression it's not necessarily chronic depression. Um, hopefully that, that makes sense. Um, again, if any of you have questions or comments during this, um, please check the, the podcast notes and uh, feel free to contact me at chelsea at cvcounselingservices.com. Um, and I'd be happy to answer more of your questions or if you have further questions or want me to clarify something, um, it's always helpful. So, um, Physical signs of depression, I want you guys to just be aware of and talk to you about some of the physical signs. A lot of times people will experience a change of appetite. Sometimes they don't even know that they haven't eaten for a few days um, or it's been a while. You know, I'll ask somebody, when was the last time you ate? And oftentimes they can't tell me um, because they just don't have, they just don't have an appetite. Um, Your body is shutting down those feelings of hunger and it's, you, you just don't find yourself being hungry. There's a whole neuroscience behind that. I'm not going to go into that in this one, but a lot of people don't know when they eat, they lose their appetite. Um, oftentimes they'll start to lose weight. Oftentimes people will have sleep disturbances. So they will find themselves waking up in the middle of the night or find it difficult to, to go to sleep. Or when they wake up in the morning, they feel very tired all day. Um, so any sort of disturbances in sleep, not, it's not a one size fits all. It can look very different, um, for, for many people, um, almost across the board, there is a lack of energy, right? If we're not eating, we're not sleeping. There is this lack of energy, this lack of like, ugh, this, this feeling of it, it again is a kind of this heavy feeling, whole body heaviness, um, is often how people describe depression as it just feels, this feels heavy, feels weighty. Um, it feels hard. It feels like you've got cement blocks on my feet. Um, it feels like I'm dragging a pile of rocks behind me, you know, or a really heavy backpack with rocks on it. Um, and, and oftentimes because of that, there, there can also be other physical symptoms. Chronic pain is, uh, often a sign associated with depression. Um, and so, and if you have those aches and pains, those, those digestive issues, IBS, um, if you're uh, finding yourself getting backed up and not being able to, to release your bowels, um, those oft- often can be signs of, of depression as well. Again, it's not one of these things. Just because you have a bout of IBS doesn't mean that you have depression. It's a combination of all of these things. Um, they, they really are, again, as I've described, many clients feel like they're, it's difficult to get out of bed. Um, it's difficult to find purpose. It's difficult to see 
you know, color. Um, some people are very vivid, have very vivid imaginations and, and very vivid ways of describing things. And so oftentimes they'll describe it as being kind of colorless, um, not as vibrant, uh, dark. Sometimes it feels um, someone has described it as sort of a, a, like a black cloud kind of engulfing them. Um, a client that had chronic depression as well would would call it the tsunami. The tsunami is coming. I can feel it, right? But again, sort of this helpless feeling of like the tsunami wave is going to come and there's going to be a lot of chaos and there's going to be a lot of noise and there's going to be a lot of, ugh, I don't even know how to get out of this. I don't want to swim anymore. I don't want to pick up all the pieces. But that that wave of tsunami just feels like I can feel it coming and there's only so much I can do. Um, again, if there's a lack of appetite, making sure that you're eating, if there's a lack of sleep, making sure that you're getting enough sleep and good sleep, um, kind of going back to that, you know, making sure that you're, uh, having a lavender bath or an Epsom salt bath or, you know, things that help really calm and relax your nervous system to a point that you're able to, um, find rest in some of those things again. So those are, those are just some examples of things that I've seen happen with clients. Um, again, kind of ways that they have described depression. Um, and I, again, I, it's not just one of those things. It's the combination of a lot of those things put together that create depression. Um, and that can be, can be common factors in depression. So I also want to discuss um, some less maybe easily recognizable signs of depression. So the emotional signs of depression can be a little bit harder to um, pick up. Oftentimes the emotional signs um, are there's there's just a feeling of sadness. There's a feeling of hopelessness. Sometimes there is a feeling of guilt. Um, as someone once described it to me, and I, I think it's a, a good example of depression, they they this was a person who experienced both anxiety and depression at pretty close times together. And uh, she described depression as being sort of regret or guilt about the past, worrying about things that, um, you know, happened in the past that I can't control or kind of mulling over, like I should have done that differently. I could have done that differently. Why did that happen? Sort of regrets of the past and anxiety is uncertainty about the future. And, and so I think that's a good way to look at it is that if you find yourself sort of mulling over the past or being stuck in the past, that, that may be similar for you as well. So you may experience feelings of guilt. You may experience feelings of, um, you know, I'm a disappointment or I'm not enough or I've never been enough or I never will be enough. Um, those sort of things can can be common emotional signs of depression behaviorally kind of what that looks like or what we see that come out in is there a lack of patience, irritability, restlessness, frustration. Um, oftentimes, you know, we're really short with people. So um, uh, again, a, a client example here is a client of mine was going through the checkout stand uh, and the cashier asked for um, change like how they wanted their change and she just wanted $20 or whatever. And she wanted a $20 bill and she snapped at them and like, well, doesn't everybody want two tens? And 
the cashier looked at her like, I don't know, do you want two five, four fives, two tens, all ones? Like, but the annoyance of, well, how would you, doesn't everybody want it that way? So again, little things like that can be really off-putting, offsetting, um, and that normally wouldn't be, you know, there, there really wouldn't be a big thing. Um, it's usually pretty normal for cashiers to ask, like, how do you want your change? And when the client was able to recognize like, oh, I just snapped at that cashier and I didn't really mean to, or that was unlike me, out of character of me, um, sometimes it takes doing something like that with a little recognition after the fact that um, we don't even realize that we're so irritable or so, so restless um, until someone kind of points it out or we catch ourselves doing something kind of out of the ordinary. So um, again, you've got the example of the the cashier being yelled at. Um, things just like yelling um, could be shutting down, could be re- being really quiet. When was the last time I talked to somebody or had a conversation with somebody? Those things can be um, can be difficult. And so it can be things that happen across the board for people. Some behavioral signs. Um, a lot of times we see people withdraw from their social activities. Things that, you know, they maybe would have participated in, um, they don't want to participate in. I don't want to participate in, I don't want to go to, to church. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to not, and this is beyond just like, ugh, it's Monday morning and I don't want to get up and go to work. It's that, that withdrawal of, I don't, I don't care about those things. There's really a loss of interest in, in a lot of things that you, you know, usually find interest in and find enjoyment in. It could be even things that are um, that you do individually, like reading a book or uh, gardening or cross stitching or, you know, even individual activities. There's a loss of interest in those things. It doesn't necessarily have to be social activities. Social activities definitely take a hit, but just loss of loss of interest in hobbies and um, things that you previously enjoy. Um, Oftentimes, I often have people describe anxiety as sort of a, or a depression as sort of a fog and not being able to um, get out of the fog. It's difficult to concentrate. It's difficult to A to B equals C. It's difficult to follow some simple things like that. Um, and so that, that may be a sign of depression. It can also be a sign of a lot of other things as well, but it, it is relatively common with depression that um, it's, it, they have a hard time concentrating. Um, sometimes people, we, we will see people have engage in reckless behavior. So sometimes, um, like doing things like, um, stealing a car or I don't know, uh, reckless behavior. A lot of the reckless behavior, if we see this come out, we see this come out a lot more in, in kids or teens. Um, but also, it, it can happen in adults as well. Um, adults tend to be able to think through the consequences a little bit, so we don't see it as commonly. But um, reckless behavior is definitely a, a sign of, can be a sign of depression. Um, irritability, getting in fights, um, that's, that's pretty common with boys, young, young boys or teenage boys with depression. Um, not being able to get along with people, picking fights for kind of no good reason. Um, we can also see that again in, in, let's say, shoplifting or, you know, sort of pushing the envelope with kind of some reckless behaviors. 
Um, and, and a lot of times people experiencing depression, their appearance or their, their personal appearance will start to diminish a little bit. Um, they won't care about, you know, looking nice, putting on makeup, um, wearing sweats all the time, not getting dressed. Um, and again, this is not just like a, well, it's Monday morning and I'm taking a slow morning to get ready and go to work. It's usually we're talking about days on end, right? Um, not changing their clothes, not bathing, um, just kind of a, a lack of interest in their personal appearance or even hygiene. Um, and so again, if that's you, if that's something that, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to shower tonight because I don't want to have to wash my hair or whatever, that's not depression. It, it goes again for longer periods of time or I haven't showered in a week. I haven't showered in two weeks. Um, I am not changing my clothes and I've had the same clothes on for several days, like those sort of things. Again, not out of, you know, oh, well, I, these clothes aren't dirty. I'm going to keep them on in that. I don't care. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what it feels like. I, I don't have any motivation to change my clothes. Um, when to seek help. Again, if any of this, if I've described any of this above and you are even slightly thinking, maybe I have depression, I would encourage you to seek professional help. They really, it really comes down to the persisting more than two weeks. That's really when we start to take worry or we start to take note of it. Um, or if you really feel it interfering with work, relationships, things that um, previously have not been difficult for you to keep engagements with, then you want to, to seek professional help. If any of, again, if you think, oh, maybe I have depression, Again, there's, there's a difference between being anxious about it and, and recognizing and being able to intervene sooner rather than later. And the, the earlier we can intervene, the, the harder, the less difficult it is to change some of those habits that start to occur when, you know, we haven't showered in a week or we get used to not showering for a week for six weeks in a row. Um, it, it gets becomes normal things that we don't want to become normal things. We want to really be able to do those differently and, and intervene quickly. So really, if you're, if you're thinking that you've had some of these symptoms for multiple days over two to three week period of time, we really want to start intervening then. Um, reaching out to any sort of mental health professionals. Um, sometimes that can be difficult because it can be really, really hard to admit that we're not okay. Um, there's a lot of guilt and shame that come with that, which is sometimes even furthering the depression of, why can't I get over this? What's wrong with me? There's, see, of course I'm not good enough because I can't do this on my own. Um, that's stupid for reaching out. Those are all things that I have heard people showing signs of depression, why they're not reaching out. And I encourage you to reach out. There is support. You are not alone in this. Seek help. And if it's not from a professional, reach out to someone who then helps you get professional help. If someone tries to talk you out of feeling depressed and, you know, maybe it works for a day, go back to him and say, hey, that was a great talk, but I'm still not okay. And I think I need something else. I think I need more help. Sometimes it takes a village 
to be able to get you the help that you need. And we've got to help you find your village. You have to find your village. You have to have a village because this life is hard. Depression is a hard and you shouldn't have to do it alone. And you don't have to do it alone. There is people out there to help you. Um, so if, even if it's not reaching out for, for professional help, again, there's lots of great resources online. Um, there's lots of courses online about depression, how to overcome depression. Um, we have some depressive resources here at Cash Valley Counseling that we'd love to help you with. Um, we've got eBooks, we've got podcasts, we've got things like dive into some learning that can really help you figure out, okay, is this me? Is, do I have depression? Is this what it looks like? What does this look like for me? What are my triggers? What are my signs? What are, what's going on for me and how do I get over it? The, the more quickly you can do that, the better able you are to manage your depression. Um, again, recognizing depression early on and seeking help is one of the best ways to combat depression and continue to manage it. Uh, people who have chronic depression, oftentimes, you know, when they have it their whole life and they become good at recognizing their signals, not that it, they don't feel depression. They sometimes have depressive episodes and have no control over it, but they're able to recognize it sooner. So the depressive bouts don't last quite as long. Instead of being six weeks before they're recognizing it, they're recognizing it maybe a couple of days or a week or two into it and then saying, okay, yep, this isn't working. I got I know what I got to do. And then it's a grind of whether it be exercise or eating or sleeping or, you know, going back to the things that really help to manage and maintain good mental health. That is what helps manage your depression. And again, a it takes a lot of time to figure that out if you have chronic depression. So seek help. It's okay to get help. It's okay to ask for help. So, 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 so many people don't want to admit that they need help. And it's okay because as I mentioned earlier, Every single person at some point in their life is statistically going to experience depression at some point in their life. And so I, I encourage you to reach out, seek help. If you have any need for any of our resources here that we have about helping to manage your depression at Cash Valley Counseling, we have a lot of resources. So please reach out again, see the show notes for any any of our links to things that we have available, um, as well as feel free to ask me questions, um, help clarify things. You can email me at chelsea at cvcounselingservices.com and I will respond to that and we will, we will help reach out, get some help that you need. Um, again, I'm here to help, uh, help you find resources. I might not even be the one helping you or providing treatment for you, but I certainly am gonna help you find resources to be able to get the help that you do need. Um, thank you for listening to the Puzzle of Us podcast today and figuring out what the warning signs of depressions are, depression is, and how to recognize it. And uh, again, I, if you heard yourself in any of these different, um, with any of these different signs, please reach out for help. We're here to help and uh, appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time on the Puzzle of Us.